welcome to the latest edition of the Schoolboy Errors football podcast. The round of 16 ties at the Euros have finished with England emphatically beating Germany 2-0 in a knockout tournament for the first time since, of course, 1966. And uh, we won't get ahead of ourselves, but we all know what happened that time. As per usual, we'll be giving our thoughts on the match as well as our player ratings, which um, are going to be quite high for a change, consistently at least for me. And... Yeah, of course, but there was uh, also plenty of other action across the tournament. Arguably a lot more exciting, actually not even arguably a lot more exciting games. They were just factually a lot more exciting games. And big names going out the tournament. France, Portugal, the Netherlands all out, leaving a very intriguing last stage of the tournament where we could see some surprises make it to the semi-finals and especially the finals. So um, let's start with the England game and what we thought of our lineups beforehand. So obviously this game being England versus Germany, it's a game of real magnitude and especially in this country the press went absolutely nuts as they usually do when England versus Germany happens, reminding us of past awful times, penalty shootout losses from Euro 96, Italia 90 etc and there was a lot of speculation about what team Gareth Southgate would put out. I said last week, last time, not last week, um, that I've got a feeling that he would go for a back five match Germany, seeing how other teams, such as Hungary, did well against Germany playing that back five. But you were a bit more sceptical when I mentioned that, you were. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. I, th- I thought he was going to go defensive, but uh, matching up with a big back five, if you're trying to release the, our attacking potential, um, having a back five seems to go against that, but... You know what do I know? <laughs> Obviously, the the result um, bears witness to that, and uh, he's selecting bar three in the line. Yeah, and Southgate even said after the the match, um, if he picks that team and they lose, he's dead. <laughs> he said that. Well, yeah, as as we talked about uh, before, Germany were perceived to be at their weakest for many years, if not decades, and with Joachim Löw. Uh, giving up at the end of this tournament, it was uh, seen as a bit of last chance for redemption for, for a German side that sort of underachieved uh, in the past few years. So, uh, yeah, I think now was the time to beat Germany and uh, thankfully put out a team that, that did. Yeah, talking more about the team, we saw Bukayo Saka retain his place after a man on the match performance against the Czech Republic. Other than that, there were no real surprises when it comes to that back five. I was maybe thinking that Rhys James would play again, play instead of uh, Kieran Trippier, but I think Southgate, loving his experienced players, um, opted for Trippier, as well as his supposed um, free kick or set piece. Is that one meant to be good? Or we have seen in previous tournaments, but they are effective. But today, especially in the first half, not today, um, that day... Um, all the set pieces were pretty poor again and yeah especially in the first half I noticed uh, the England team also saw Mason Mount drop out after that whole um, Covid fiasco with Billy Gilmore after the, the Scotland game which was a bit ridiculous but he did make the bench but didn't come off it in the end as Southgate only opted for two subs at the end but the first half kicked off and for the first 10 minutes I was quite worried. What about you? Yeah, I think uh, England failed to settle. Germany got in a bit of a groove. And as had been mentioned extensively in the press and on the TV previews, 
um, the wing backs of Germany, Kimmich and Gosens, had actually a couple of chances. They linked up quite well in that opening opening part of the match, and everybody knew it was coming. But somehow, even the five at the back didn't come to terms with it probably until I want to say 15 or 20 minutes in well yeah but that was really the only sniff that either Kimmich or Gosens had the whole match they had like maybe one cross I can remember which which like it was a bit of a hesitant the defence hesitated a little bit but it went harmlessly wide but other than that they were completely shut out the whole game so in that way I think the five at the back did work because the the full backs were completely nullified I think I think you're right I think it did work Um, it was just one of those Maybe where the the occasion got on top of the England team a little bit. The fans were there en masse. They got them G'd up. It, it was a good atmosphere to start with. And, uh, you know, some of these players, <laughs> you want to say, haven't played in front of a big crowd for quite a while. They should be used to it. But I think the w- it weighed on them a little bit, especially if it's a, a knockout match against Germany. And as you said, never beaten Germany, <laughs> or never, hasn't beaten Germany in a knockout match in a tournament since uh, 66 so yeah a little bit of nervousness to start with but then England sort of got back into it yeah they got back into it just got on the ball a bit more the usual England sideways a bit of backwards passing but in this game I almost didn't mind it as much as I normally would I didn't mind the slow pace as much especially after the long period of Germany possession I was like okay just keep the ball a bit and eventually it culminated in Sterling having a shot from from miles out, which I think Neuer was quite comfortable with, but to be honest, I was expecting mo- most of Sterling's shots from outside the box don't go anywhere near the goal, yeah. so at least he produced something. I think it was one of those uh, that the photographers love and the keepers as well. Ni- nice full length dive, yeah, and uh, parried it away. Yeah, but I, th- I think Neuer had it covered, maybe a l- little bit for the cameras to see, but. One thing we did actually forget to talk about right at the start of the game was Declan Rice's booking because that that could have been a lot worse. Right at the start, um, Declan Rice, um, I, I can't remember who he fouled on the edge of the box, but it could have very easily been a red card if Walker hadn't sprinted back. Oh, he was covering Goretzka, I think. Yeah. Goretzka made a burst from midfield and he just pulled him back right on the edge of the box. Yeah, but it was Walker's, Walker's pace to get to, exactly. ca- to catch up, otherwise that's a red card and that would have been awful. Yeah. Um, but other than that, in the first half, uh, Germany had one chance with uh, with Werner. He was he was slipped through one on one, and then Pickford made a made a good save. But Bruno Werner is terrible as well. That always helps. I think I think the reason why Werner started instead of Gnabry was he's used to playing the Premier League defenders week in week out. Potentially, but then again, you can't say he's had a great season against Premier League defenders well, no. this year. So. <laughs> Whether or not that was putting a bit too much faith in his Premier League experience or not, I don't and, know. And to be fair, um, Serge Gnabry, every time he's come up against um, club English clubs in the Champions League, he scored a lot of goals. I think uh, he scored a lot against Chelsea. He scored a few, a lot against uh, Tottenham as well a few seasons ago. Uh, so I guess I, maybe they wanted to utilise Werner's pace, but equally Gnabry is also very quick. So I can't. And, and we saw glimpses of Havertz, I think, as well. But Havertz was probably their brightest player in that first half as well. Yeah, and he, he seemed, he se- you know, you know, the Germans are out now. Germany are out now, but uh, Havertz had a pretty good tournament, as far as I can tell. Played a lot better yeah. than I, than he'd done at Chelsea, but then when it's uh, still won the Champions League, scored yeah. in the final. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I can't really think of any. Actually, I can think of anything else that happened in the in that first half. There was that Kane chance right at the end where he just took a very heavy touch. And yeah, he, he could have taken it with his left and had a first time shot. Yeah. But he did beat the keeper, but the defender was back there to to clear it away. And that that was all caused by Sterling driving into the box, which he sort of did a little bit more than we'd seen him in in the other games. But he was a bit more. He had a bit more incentive turn and run at the heart of the German defence and then you've got Mats Hummels who actually he had a very good game, have a bad game. He, actually was at, he dealt with Kane like very well for 85 minutes and yeah, then but lost I, him I think uh, Sterling fancied his chances against the speed of, of the well, was it a back three probably mainly a back three yeah. German so yeah um, yeah that was about it for the first half really sort of satisfactory half after the opening 10, 20 minutes when you thought well Germany might get on top here and a little bit disappointed to be going in at nil-nil at half time with that chance right at the end but then after we'd had that chance oh, yeah, Germany, went <laughs> Germany were at the other end and screaming blow the, blow the whistle ref but and, and then they, he waits for Germany to get like near the edge of the England pe- penalty area and then blows and then it up, blows up exactly. <laughs> strange um, but that was the first half I, I was like almost relieved as well as, like, I was half relieved, half like frustrated that we weren't winning. But especially after Germany were going up the other end, I was like, okay, just blow the whistle and I'll take nil nil for now. But I wanted a bit more. And the second half, it, it didn't really start spectacularly again. I couldn't. Yeah, it was a slow start again. But I think Germany were on top for the first, I want to say five, ten, maybe ten minutes of the second half. Uh, it started much in the same vein as the first, really, where they were probing and trying to get at England. But then again, I don't want to say England took control because it wasn't really that game. But as you say, there was a lot of possession, there was a lot of sideways uh, passing and ball retention. And that sort of did, I feel, took a bit of the sting out of uh, the German attack. Yeah, uh, I think from the start of that half, I can remember Havertz was half volley or volley. Pickford had make, save, made a good yeah, save for, exactly. and there was another ball where Werner was slipped through, but Stones made the block that time. But really, that was except for the Muller chance, which we'll get onto soon. Yeah. Um, that was really all Germany offered in that second half, and I think from that um, where Werner was in and it was blocked. I think from then until well, England scored. I think England just kept the ball really. Germany didn't offer anything. I think England made a few runs towards the box. There was one opportunity where Sterling got to the edge, and I think he should have just popped it off to the edge to Kane but which was a little bit frustrating but other than that yeah England kept the ball yeah sometimes I think Sterling is when he when he gets into the penalty area he sort of tries to keep going and eventually yeah. gets crowded out when he could have uh, laid the ball off a little bit earlier but uh, yeah I mean and then finally the deadlock was broken after Jack, Jack Grealish finally came on yeah exactly <laughs> I say finally, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as late into the game as I sometimes expect from Southgate. It was, I think he actually introduced Grealish at the perfect time. Yeah, I think Saka in the first half um, did a good job of keeping uh, Gosens uh, occupied, yeah. sort of negated his um, attacking potential. But by the second half came, sort of ran a bit out of steam, and and that substitution I think. Uh, sort of freed up the other half 
the other side is a bit only because Saka was playing on the right and then he suddenly got Grealish Chip on the left. And that also changed the dynamic. I mean, Sterling on the right. Sterling. Because Saka came off. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. But Saka was on the right yeah. to begin with and he was substituted for Grealish yeah. and then Grealish was on the left and then, yeah, Sterling on the right. Anyway, so the gist was Saka sort of ran out of puff a little bit in the in the second half. I think it was a little bit harsh to substitute him. He, w- he wasn't like... Or he, w- he was fine, I thought. He was pretty positive. I don't think he really did anything wrong. He, he tried to run at the Germans a few times, made a few little turns but I've noticed that quite a lot he, try, he tries to turn this man and I think maybe opposition will start to get onto that because I, th- I found it a little bit predictable but yeah. Um, but I thought when Grealish came on he basically made every player around him ten times better he came on and then Shaw looked like some attacking menace like what you'd expect yeah, from how he was at Man United on the left hand side now because before Shaw was not getting forward nearly enough, I thought defensively he dealt with uh, Kimmich and whoever down that that left hand right hand side, however you want to look at it. But when going forward, he was often a bit hesitant when Maguire was making his runs forward. Shaw was just standing to the side in case Maguire accidentally gave it away uh, to cover, and it was a little bit, a little bit frustrating because nothing was actually happening down that left hand side. Really, that whole half except like the odd Sterling run in the first half. Grealish came on, and then Shaw just became a completely different animal, setting up the the first goal as we scored in the second, and then having a big big part to play in the second goal as well. Yeah, exactly, because Grealish was playing further up, <coughs> a bit more of an advanced role on the on the left hand side. Shaw could sort of follow him up, whereas in the first half, as you say, he was almost almost constantly just next to Maguire on that left hand wing and he didn't have any real options because Sterling had to come show off as well to get the ball so yeah it, Grealish's substitution just freed up that whole left hand side and, and it sort of wasn't a surprise that both goals came from that side in the end yeah well the, f- the first goal came um, Kyle Walker puts the ball through to Sterling around the halfway line basically cuts through the Germany press uh, Sterling basically just runs at the, the German team and eventually pops it off to was it Kane or Grealish on the left hand side? And then Kane passes it to Grealish, Grealish and then to Shaw and Shaw crosses it in. Good good ball in, good finish from yeah. Sterling. And he's found himself in that area quite a lot, Sterling. And that's almost where he's most effective now, just yeah, little yeah. runs into the box, getting on the end of stuff. And then the whole stadium absolutely went mad and I'm sure many, many pints of beer were up in the air. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what are you gonna say? I was gonna say, well, we went crazy watching yeah. it at home, so uh, I think the relief was, uh, yeah, it was most welcome, um, especially as it was one of those things where you thought we don't want to get dra- you know, what was it, seventy three minutes or seventy five minutes, something like that, and you don't want to be getting dragged into extra time with penalties looming over you and historical failures and things like that. So, yeah, one nil. With 15 minutes to go, you're just thinking, come on, hold on, hold on. But we, as much as I was thinking, hold on, hold on, I didn't want England to park the bus at the same time. Yeah, they didn't, I, thankfully. Yeah, they didn't, because I don't want constant waves of German pressure, and it's just like, oh, please get exactly, away, please exactly. get away. Yeah. Um, but then, not long afterwards, Sterling gave the ball away, and then Hurts... turned from hero to villain. Hurts <laughs> slips the ball through to Thomas Muller, who somehow missed. Um, and you could just you could just sense the... 
the Sun editor and the Daily Mail editor licking their lips, ready to roast Raheem Sterling in it, but it wasn't to be, unfortunately, for them. Um, yeah, the finish for Muller was just awful and just not what you'd expect from Thomas Muller. I think the, the, the pundits were doing a lot of credit to uh, Pickford for that because he stood up as long as he possibly could and forced um, Muller to take on. It maybe made it a little bit more difficult, but with Muller's pedigree yeah. and just how he plays, you know, nine times out of ten, that's in the net. And then back at 1 1, and then it's a completely different game, of course. Yeah, for that goal there was Pickford who made the angle small. But if you if you watch it again, so it's, the ball goes completely past Stones. Stones has got no real chance of catching up, and then Kyle Walker just absolutely yeah, blasts past Stones. Goes, so may, maybe put off the put off the put off Muller a little bit there. Yeah. But either way, Muller missed, and I almost wanted to celebrate more at that than the than the goal itself because <laughs> <laughs> that was that was very lucky from an England's point of view. Then luckily. Not long afterwards, and I think it was like the 86th minute or something, um, Shaw wins the ball back. Yeah, he, broke up, he broke it up in midfield. Yeah, very nicely to win the ball back. Uh, slipped the ball through to Grealish. I think Grealish said in his post-match interview he was thinking about shooting in that uh, in there, um, but he decided to cross the ball in. Kane was uh, pretty much unmarked, but it was still a good header into the ground. Yeah, that was a it was a brilliant header because he was sort of almost on his knees yeah. as he was heading it sort of off the side of his forehead into the ground and past Muller. And that's what we wanted to see. Great finish. That's what we wanted to see from Kane the whole tournament. Yeah. And that was the one time in that game where he managed to get away from Muller or Ginter or whoever, whichever one of the centre backs, because they had two men on on him a lot of the time. And Hummels had uh, I think I said Muller before. Hummels dealt with him. Kane very well um, that whole the whole game up to that point and there was the one time where he wasn't marking him quite right and they got punished and then from there it was just seeing it out Henderson came on for yeah, Henderson came on for was it Rice or Phillips Rice, Rice. came on for Rice yeah yeah because both those uh, Rice and Phillips both got booked in the first half and I was expecting one of them to come off a bit earlier yeah. but Southgate showed trust in both of them and they both performed pretty really well in the bench um so Anderson yeah was just bailing everything out at the back i think for the last couple of minutes because yeah at two nil up and you're heading into added time it's inevitable that german are going to just pump the ball forward get it into the box and there were lots of good headers i remember i think uh, Maguire had a couple of clear clearing headers Phillips even headed one out in the penalty area as a ball was coming over. So, well, Pickford had a few catches as well. Yeah, Pickford so calm, collected, lay on the ball for thirty seconds, do whatever, <laughs> run the clock down. But uh, no major dramas and time added on really. No, it was good. Defended very well. Still the only team uh, not to concede in the tournament. Um, yeah, Italy conceded against Austria and. The defence looks excellent, and again, I think I mentioned before, everyone coming into this tournament expected England to be amazing in an attacking sense and saw the defence as the weakest area, but really it's been the opposite way around, and the defence has been fantastic throughout. Um, John Stones, four clean sheets in a row for him, he's the only one who started all of the matches, and I saw another stat was the last time... Um, an England player kept four consecutive clean sheets in a tournament. It was Bobby Moore in 1966. <laughs> so there's many parallels you can <coughs> draw from from this tournament. But um, anyway, England are going to face 
Ukraine um, on Saturday, is it? Eight o'clock in Rome. Um, I th- I don't. Do you think the five at the back's gonna gonna stay? Well, I think they've already they were already talking about reverting back to a four man. Yeah. So playing four two three one, four at the back, two defensive midfielders, two attacking midfielders, and four up top. So, um, you, I'd anticipate that Trippier will be left out for that. Yeah. He'll go with the back of Pickford. Trippier, Stones, Maguire, Shaw. I think Trippier will stay. Oh, sorry, I said Trippier. <laughs> Start again. The lineup of Pickford, Walker, Stones, Maguire, and Shaw at the back. Yeah. Rice and Phillips in front of them. Then three attacking midfielders. Now, Mount might come back for this. I think he definitely will. So, Dragon say say Mount. Sterling and Saka and Kane up top. I don't know whether you would agree with that. I think Saka might drop out. Four. I I think I don't I I I think it could and it couldn't happen. I think Sterling will go on the right and then Grealish on the left because that's what was effective. Mount in the middle. Mount in in the middle. I think that's what we saw was clearly effective, and it was that Grealish to Sterling is in the Czech Republic game where you had Sterling kind of dropping inside a bit and then there's Grealish and Sterling interchanging positions. Something similar to that. Saka was was positive in the first half, but I don't think he was amazing. And maybe I want to. I don't want to say his little cameo appearance at the tournament is over, but I, th- I think if you put Grealish on the left and Sterling, well, if you say Sterling's most effective in the, in the middle, that's where he's popped up with his. Uh, I think he'll officially goals. be on the right, but I think he'll drop inside as as he's done, and then you'll have Mount as the the ten who sometimes goes out left as well as in some of the games. But other than that, yeah, the back four, I'd, I'd say, yeah, the same as you. And I think the only other time we'll see a back five is probably in the final if we get there, if we're facing a Italy or a Belgium. Because I don't see us playing back, back five against Denmark or Czech Republic if we, yeah, if we get, if we get there. Yeah, so. No, I think, yeah, a like, couple of tweaks here and there. Re- revert to a back four because... Yeah, Walker and Trippier sort of suffered a little bit in the game as well for being a bit too samey. Right backs that were yeah, wanting to get forward and Trippier wasn't really quite comfortable in that role. He but Walker sort of often got went up further than Trippier. Exactly. And just right, okay. Exactly. So I think, yeah, one of those will drop out and I think it will be Trippier. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, all roads lead to Rome. Exactly. Mm. Um, anyway, so... Um, get into the player ratings a lot of mine are quite high actually so let's um let's start off with the goalkeeper so jordan pickford on course for the the golden glove of the tournament so far <laughs> what, what have you given him uh, i've given him an eight um as we already mentioned in the in the summer in the match summary um he made some good stops from Varney in the first half and from Havertz in the second Got a good few nice claims in of crosses and high balls. He was calm. He was calling for the ball, and generally it was a, a no dramas performance. So yeah, good stuff by Pickford, and uh, long may it continue. Yeah, I've I've actually gone even higher. I've been more generous with my goalkeepers today. <laughs> Usually I'm quite I'm I'm a little bit more hesitant to rate them highly, but I gave him an eight point five. Um, 
for basically the same reasons as you. I've just thought they were more important. Like the saves were very important yeah. coming when they did. One at the start, like midway, not even midway through the first half. Another one start the second half. Uh, important, important turning points of the game where the game could have gone either way. Good catches um, right at the end as well, claiming claiming like balls into the box. No, no shakiness at all as far as I can remember. Just very good, cool, calm, collected. All of those, uh, all of those words. Um, and yeah, I guess you could credit him, as you said, for closing down. Uh, Miller for a shot. Always, that's what the, the angle. what the pundits did. It. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I thought he's been absolutely brilliant this tournament for England, and he's definitely justified. His selection is number one, mm-hmm. and I think he will be the England number one for for a few more years at least. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, now, now on to uh, we'll go for Kieran Trippy and we'll start that one as we've planned, I guess. Or, or do you want Trippy? <coughs> I'll give Trippy a part of the five. I'll give him a five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as we sort of uh, uh, talked about just a few minutes ago. He really didn't offer anything going forward, especially in the in the opposite in the opposition half. And you know, I was I've tried to do a little bit more analysis for this game because of its magnitude. And but he did a lot of unsuccessful passes once he got into the opposition half. So, and if if you look at the you know average positions, he was barely in the in the German half the whole game. So I don't think that sort of <coughs> his attacking potential was wor- was worthy of total inclusion even, but I understand why he was in the team because of the back five, but didn't really offer anything particularly going forward, and uh, sort of his inaction was masked a little bit by the the good deeds of Saka in front of him, so he didn't didn't really notice what was happening on that right hand side. Sure. I've given him a 6.5 because at the end of the day, England beat Germany 2-0. <laughs> we didn't concede a goal. Trippi- uh, initially, after the match, I was like, Trippier was awful. I'm going to give him a 4. But wh- but when I really think about like previous games, who I've given 5s to, I don't think what Trippier has done today has justified that lower rating. Because, yeah, he's misplaced a few passes. But really, it's not... It, it's it's almost similar to to Walker against Croatia, where he gave the ball away a few times, didn't really do that much going forward, and I'd say in this case he did even less defensively than Walker did in that game, but he kept. Well, I guess you said it was mainly Saka that kept Gosen number five, but I think Trippi has to take a little bit of credit for making Gosen's very ineffective. Okay. I, I was expecting him to get a lot more of the ball Gosens and he was really anonymous in the game as were actually most of the German team their midfielders who we'll get onto in a second and how they are holding midfielders shut them down completely I thought they created very little and other than the odd Germany chance here and there they didn't really do much so yeah I'll go 6.5 for Trippier and on, on to Kai Walker as the right centre back well Kai Walker gets for me a 6 <laughs> And that's also because he was embroiled in that right-hand side with Trippier, so pretty invisible. Um, and he sort of suffered from being on that 
side with Fukuoka and it's sort of dictated turn the same as I take on board what you're saying about that right hand side keeper and Gerson was quiet and maybe maybe they flew under the radar for performance wise but yeah I think it flew under the radar but knocking knocking extraordinary well all three of my back three have got eights so mm. I've gone quite different from you yeah, so I've gone for eight for Walker. I've gone eights all round because I think that early Declan Rice booking, what Walker does to get back saves the game entirely. Okay, yeah. So that yeah. that's almost a plus one for me. All right. Like a plus one rating completely. <laughs> Other than that, he was the one who played the ball to beat the Germany press, which found Sterling, and it went on the run for the goal. Other than that, his pace was very good when just covering generally at the back. Very and big covering of the. Of the middle of the fence of like of the end of this or the middle of the second half. I can't think of anything defensively poor from him. There were no there were no like chest back to Pickford, although those aren't really negative negatives. And yeah, again, Germany left hand side created very little when Gnabry came on. Didn't do anything. Um, Sane came on, did nothing. Sane came on very late. Um, so yeah, I've gone for an eight. Very, I thought the whole England defence was absolutely fantastic throughout. So uh, we'll go. We'll go on to John Stones next. Well, I've given a seven. I'm being. I don't know why I'm so harsh. Yeah. And also generous. Maybe it's because I've been uh, downtrodden all these years, and maybe I'm still in shock that we actually beat uh, <laughs> Germany. But I'll give Stones a seven. Solid enough. Did everything they needed to be doing, without being spectacular. But I suppose sometimes. In those roles, if you've had a really good game, nobody's noticed you because you were always there mopping up or heading away. Or I think was it Stones that showed um, Werner? Yeah, he's where he blocked Werner's shot. <coughs> yeah, trading out, trading outside when he was sort of not quite in, but yeah, just solidly unspectacular seven. Yeah, I've, I've again, as I said before, I've given him an eight, as with the rest of the defenders. I think with Stones, he's not the deep like forward progressor as Maguire is. He won't like be making those runs straight through the middle because I think if if he does, because he's playing as the the central centre back, I think there's a danger if he makes those runs forward. If he gets caught out, that could leave the defence in a lot more trouble than if Maguire loses the ball because then you can have Shaw covering back, or I guess you could say one of the holding midfielders could stop back if Stones made that. But other than that, yeah, solid. I think. He had very good pass accuracy, if I remember, seeing some stats from the game. Although most of it is more sideways and and backwards. He's not again. He's not the most progressive um, centre back, but I think he did his job brilliantly. He made that block from from Werner and for the Pickford save. He closed Werner down. I think enough where if that shot was going more into the corner and less straight at Pickford, I think it would have been covered. And. Yeah, I've gone for an eight. I think defensive performance is has been absolutely brilliant the whole tournament from every centre back. So yeah, I've gone for eight. Now we'll go on to Maguire, who I've also given an eight. Yeah, Maguire, I've actually given an eight okay. as well because I thought he was the best uh, of the defenders. He missed that header in the first half yeah, where I think he, he had, definitely should have hit the target. He had yeah. more time and he didn't quite get any power on it. And I don't. I'm sort of struggling to think. Well, why? Was he just not expecting it coming his way? <coughs> but from a defensive point of view, great, nice and progressive. And as you say, trying to get attack started, trying to move forward a little bit more. Well, 
as he says, Stones is behind him, shoring everything up. So, yeah, good good performance. And Maguire, not quite man of the match, but almost, I think. Yeah, he was given the official UEFA star, star of the match, the game, or whatever yeah. they call it, yeah. But yeah, I've gone for the, for the eight, as I said before. Same reasons as you. He's slightly more progressive than the other centre-backs that we saw made some good head clearances. I can't think of amazing tackles or blocks that he put in off the top of my head. I think it was mainly winning some winning headers, clearances mm. more. Whereas you had Walker and Stones with the, the blocks or the yeah, sprinting back or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've just gone eights all round. Just, I, I went for eights all round just to be fair because I think it was a collectively a very good defensive yeah. performance. Yeah. I think every one of them should be credited equally. Um on to the left wing back Luke Shaw Luke Shaw I've given him a 6.5 now you might think mm, that Leeds harsh well I gave him a 4 for his first half performance which was atrocious <laughs> let's say um, a 9 for his second half performance so he's gone for an average kind of yeah thing. I've gone for an average so yeah 4 plus 9 the very right gives you the 6.5 um, yeah of course in his second half he got the assist for the first goal and he broke up play um, that led to the chance for the second goal. So, yeah, I mean, as we've said, once Grealish came on, he was like it was like somebody flipped a switch on him into attack mode. Off you go. And, and he did some really, really good stuff. But he needs that freedom. And, uh, yeah, good second half that really came and forth. But, yeah, he's, if, he, if you're going to take the defensive unit as a whole, his defence played pretty well. You're never going to go through a whole 90 minutes plus without giving the opposition one or two chances. But uh, thankfully, when those chances came, they either missed them or good saves were made. So, uh, you know, yeah, good defensive performance for that. Yeah, I wasn't as harsh on Shaw, nearly. I went for an eight for Shaw <laughs> because I thought the second half just far outshined first half performance yeah. and I think we should give a bit more weight on the oh, second half oh you should half. rate the second I should have waited a the little second bit. half more and I only went for a, I, I do have like an extra the short eight I said six first half but I think most players in that first half will get a six for me to be honest I think the, our main frustration from short was when he was not going forward enough where he was just onto Maguire's side yeah res- receiving a two yard pass but to Maguire and then passing yeah, it back again but I don't think you can give a four just for that I, I, he didn't do anything going forward but he wasn't exactly awful defensively. He was fine defensively. There was like I think that side there was one ball from Kimmich maybe that was pretty pretty harmless. Other than that, he dealt with did them quite well. And then in the second half, he has the part to play in both goals. The assist to the first, good ball, and he won the ball back for the second. Mm-hmm. So if he for me, if he's had contribution to both goals, um, and defensively sound the whole time really and yeah we didn't get forward as much as we wanted in that um, first half but I've still gone for an 8 because I, th- I, th- I, th- I think the 6.5 is very harsh I, th- I think the 4 for the first half is very very harsh I'll have to live with it now that's yeah. what I said um, on to the two holding midfielders which is quite over Rice well as soon as you do a blanket uh, evaluation over all your defenders I'm going to say Rice and Phillips may both got 7.5s. Oh, oh well, that's <laughs> something we have in common. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, 
said uh, rice cook cup in yellow for about how long they're extra and then they're in the first half and also Phillips got booked for, for a, a little bit of a notch just before half time was yeah it? I mm. think it's still a, did he come on the spot or was it on it was a bit it was a bit late so something like that but as in the game against the Czech Republic they were playing their normal roles again Phillips slightly more defensive than Rice, um, but it was one thing that we, we I think it was in the first half where we actually saw Kane on the halfway line mm. and Phillips bursting forward towards the penalty area to defend. I thought I thought Phillips was actually more attacking than Rice. <sighs> well, he went out on that right hand side a bit. Phillips. He tried a little bit, but I think I think overall the positions actually were fairly were fairly similar. Their average average positioning. He wasn't as attacking as we'd seen him in the in the first game against Croatia for example but they were both solid enough keeping possession distributing fairly nicely sideways or backwards mainly but uh, yeah they both picked up yellows and that will obviously impact potentially um, the game against yeah I've not actually been really paying attention to England bookings but I think how yeah. many has Phillips had? Phillips has had one, Rice mm. one, Maguire one, and I think Bolden's had Bolden's one. Bolden's on yeah. one. So if any of those get booked in the next game, and England do get booked, I thought they reset after. I want to say they reset, they reset after, after the, the quarterfinals, don't they? They reset after the group games. Do they? Yeah, yeah. Well, they can't because then Foden's one was in the group game. Uh, Maguire's was one. Foden didn't play today. No, I've I've read that those yellow cards will will count. If England get if either of them if any of those players pick up another yellow, okay, but we'll look into that. I think, I think surely they have to reset after the quarterfinals though for the semi-finals because you can't be like that can't happen. You know, you can't be getting booked in the semi-finals when you're out for the final. That would be a little bit unfair. But um, yeah, for for Rice, I went for seven point five as well. And I, I think after his booking, he actually grew into the game very well. I think Rice and Phillips do a lot of the grunt work in that midfield and we saw how effective it was because Kroos and Goretzka really didn't offer that much in the midfield. You usually expect Cro- Tony Kroos to be pulling the strings in that midfield for that Germany team. Exactly. Didn't see any of that really. I mean, he took a couple of free kicks, didn't he? He made them the They took a while with those free kicks. Came for nothing. Some elaborate free kicks that ended up just going straight into the wall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... Yeah, as you say, Phillips and Rice both did a job on uh, Goretzka and Kroos, but you know it's difficult to say because in truth, this Germany team is pretty poor. So was it that of Portugal though? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but I think that was one of those ones where it and was Portugal like drew with France, so it's, <laughs> it's always if you put things into a perspective like that, yeah, maybe yeah. it's not that bad a result. It's maybe, not maybe, maybe, maybe. The England performance made them look poor. Yeah, it's not. I don't. I wouldn't say it's still a good Germany team, because if you look at them, you've got Hummels, Champions League winner; Rudiger, now Champions League winner; Neuer, Champions League winner; Kroos, Champions League winner; Muller. I can go on and on. But it's that age-old thing. You can have a a, a group of individuals that don't make a team. If you've got individual star players, they don't always gel, and that's. But you've also seen with some of the other players, Gosens isn't exactly as an individual star player. He plays for Atalanta and he's come and done good. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, Rice and Phillips have both gone 7.5. Usually, 
My ratings for Rice and Phillips are basically the same. Uh, I didn't also see Phillips as having the most ball recoveries for England at the tournament. Yeah, but significantly, I th- but actually. I think apart from I want to say Stones, I think he's the only defensive player that's played all the games, all the Welsh games that way. Rice has as well, I believe. And Rice got subbed at half time well, didn't he for Henderson. Still, he still played them all, played all the games. <laughs> but anyway, it's slightly skewed by the fact that Phillips Wait, has he played all. The, has he been subbed off at all, Phillips? No. Uh, so he's played at all the ninety because Stones got subbed against Scotland because he was knackered. Okay. Anyway. It's slightly skewed, but yes, lots of ball recovery from Phillips. Phillips just mopping up as he did for Leeds. So. Yeah, I saw a stat where it was like, I think he had 24 ball recover- recoveries, and then it was like a big gap, 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 and it was like Stones and then Sterling somehow with yeah. one of the most ball recoveries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, on to, well, he started on the right wing and then was subbed off quite early into the, the second half, uh, Bukayo Saka. Yeah, I gave him a seven. N- nice endeavour in the in the first half driving at the German defence, as you said, trying to skip through, trying to beat his man, yeah, down the wing. Yeah, good, solid, I think you call it a cameo, potentially, you know, these couple of games that he's had, you said you don't want him to be a cameo, but yeah, he kept that left-hand side of the German defence occupied, and that's why you said Gerson's didn't get as forward as maybe they would have liked him to, so uh, yeah. Did his job and was subbed off for Grealish in the seventh minute. I went for the same seven for Saka. Just a positive performance, and as you said, he was driving at the German team, turning some of the players, just running at them, which is what you really wanted to see. Um, getting at the fullbacks because, as I said in the in the episode before, Gosens has been dribbled past a lot of times in this area and this tournament as mm-hmm. well. So um, it was important to get at him, and maybe Southgate saw how important the pace might be. It wasn't that effective from Saka. It was still positive play, but he didn't create it, like, obviously any goals. And the, the goals, unfortunately, did come after he left the pitch, which um, might not do him any favours when it comes to Southgate picking his next team. But it was still yeah, a largely positive performance, and I've given him a seven because he, he didn't get the job that bad. He was good. <laughs> as 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 this um, as what is become, yeah. Uh, on to Harry Kane. Okay, I'm not going to talk about Grealish. We're going to talk about the subs. Yeah, just agree with the subs. So okay, Harry Kane. I gave him a seven point five. Okay. Um, he's he stayed up top where we should actually be be most of the game. I, I think I want to say he came back maybe once on the halfway line trying to recover the ball, but as we've talked about previously. If he's re- if he's trying to recover the ball on the halfway line, then he's not in the box when we do actually finally get the ball and break. So he got an extra point maybe for uh, staying up top, and of course he took his goal really well. That was a really difficult header, and I think you know people are used to seeing Kane get these difficult uh, chances on target and score and stuff like that. But that was a fantastic header, and you know, and it's uh, he's sort of. Proof of the old adage, form is temporary but class is permanent. And with any luck, this will uh, kickstart his tournament and he'll, he'll get better and better. Yeah, uh, I've not gone quite as nice as you for Harry Kane. I've gone for a seven. Um, mainly because for 80 odd minutes, he was pocketed by Matt Hummels, realistically. <laughs> <laughs> Hummels dealt with him very well. Kane missed that chance 
at the end of the first half, which he probably should have done better with, or at least took the charge or at least had the shot, actually, because he didn't have a shot. It was just an awful touch that allowed Hummels to get back. Um, and he, he did have a part to play in the first goal, to be fair to him. He, he played the ball uh, for Grealish, who then played it to Shaw, who then played it to Sterling. Um, so it was nice linking up when nice link up play when Grealish did come on and obviously he got his goal. That's where you'd expect Kane to be. That's where I've been wanting him to be the whole tournament in the box. Heading in either from set pieces or just from those kinds of attacking scenarios. It was good to, yeah, as you said, it's good to see him finally score a goal and hopefully he can score a hat trick against Ukraine. But somehow I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, who knows? Um, on to Raheem Sterling. Yeah, I give him an 8.5. Um, driving forward whenever it's possible. Uh, he started and finished the first goal in the first half. Um, one of those goals where he had to come on chances that sort of spilled off as they went in, as you say. And had that shot saved in the first half. So generally, very busy and tried to take the attack to the German defence. So, yeah, I thought he had a pretty good game. I've gone for the same as you again for this one actually. I've gone for an eight point five two. Um at one point it looked like he was gonna be the only England player to actually score in this tournament when he when he scored the first goal. Um but as you said, he started and finished the first goal. He was constantly involved. He w- he didn't really have that many quiet periods in the game in the first half he had the shot and then towards the end of the second first half even he had the the run which led to the cane opportunity. Um, maybe a little bit of a quiet period in the at the start of the second half, but then Grealish came on and switched out right, and then dropped, and then obviously got the goal came eventually, and then yeah, just wraps up a very very solid performance. Uh, so yeah, eight point five, um, and I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet now for Southgate. Uh, yeah, onto the subs. We only saw two of them. Uh, let's start with Jack Grealish. Yeah, Grealish, I'll give an eight. Came on, basically changed. No one, it's no, probably no exaggeration that he did change the whole game. Yeah. Um, he freed up that left-hand side for sure to uh, fulfil his attacking potential. He bust an absolute gut whenever he got on the ball. Uh, obviously, got his assist. So, yeah, match-changing substitution. Uh, even though he was only on for just over 20 minutes. It was a big 20 minutes, and yeah. uh, we got our two goals, and, yeah, made the difference. I've gone exactly the same as you again. We agree with Max quite a few of the ratings this time, going for an eight. As you said, changed the game completely. Came on for the first couple of minutes. He gave away a little foul here and there. Some unsuccessful dribbling, really. But then, but then he grew into it, pretty much, just like that, and... Um, had a part to play in the first goal, not the the biggest part, but he had to play the ball to Shaw, which found Sterling, and obviously a nice little ball over to Kane for the the second goal. And yeah, he completely changed the game as well as well as contributing himself. He basically made everyone around him better, as I said before. Yeah, Shaw was yeah, I don't even know what to say. He's just ten times better. Yeah, I mean the thing about it is when Grealish is on the ball. He draws the opposition towards him, yeah. and that frees up space for the others. Okay, it, sometimes he gets fouled, as we all know, um, but he's drawing those fouls in dangerous positions while freeing up space for, as you said, uh, Shaw on the left. Uh, yeah, 
which was good, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and his mother slid it if you've seen the uh, Sydney interviews afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Grealish has to start against the Ukraine. Maybe Southgate sees him as a bit of a super sub, but I think he really at this point has definitely done enough. Like after the Czech Republic game, I can almost see why you don't start him, even though he had the assist in the Czech Republic game as well. But he's only played, I think it was something like 115 minutes of football, and he's had the most fouls won in the competition so far. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was that as well. And he's also had the most assists for England so far, and he's barely played. Um, he was subbed off quite early against the Czech Republic, really, and he and he only played 20 odd minutes here. So I think I want to see Grealish start. And then yeah. I, it, it just it, yeah I think Sterling outright. Although I, I can see Southgate putting Foden in, even though he's not been amazing in the tournament. But I don't I don't see Sterling getting dropped, so that's why I don't see Grealish starting unless Sterling goes on the right. But um, other than that, I guess Henderson he came on, but I just gave him an N A because yeah, so like that two minutes at the end when Mosbach spent his spent the in the England penalty area. Helping out with clearances and defensive duties, so it couldn't affect the game. It was one of those, um, get the ice off, put Henderson on as like for like, just a bit of fresh legs. He he took some time. It was one of those subs. I think nothing that Henderson did. Of note. Yeah, the <laughs> it was only on for like five minutes. So the only thing I saw from Sa- Henderson the whole game was a clip on Twitter. Where he was celebrating the the second goal when it went in. Oh, right. That's all I can honestly <laughs> remember from Henderson. And I can't, I can't remember him clearing one ball away. Um, right at the end when Jovo was hoofing it in. But that that does our player ratings. I've gone very much more generous than you on the defence, which I think deserves a lot more credit for the performance than, than you've given at least. Um, but then with that, most of our attacking and midfield ratings pretty much identical. I think they all identical except you've given Kane like. 0.5 higher mm. everything else is the same wonderful performance from England finally beating the Germans I mean in my lifetime it's not been as painful but I can remember being six years old and crying at that ghost goal <laughs> at my mum's work <laughs> well, so um, that that wasn't that wasn't fun but obviously the older England fans have had much more pain to endure um, which luckily I haven't had to um, but next bring on Ukraine I expect a similar similar kind of game to the the Czech Croatia games more maybe a one nil well we'll talk about our predictions later but I'll probably predict a bit nicer than a one nil but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it is a one nil because I expect Ukraine to be more defensive than Germany. Yeah, I think they're a little bit more unknown as well. So simple as that. Well, that that wraps up the player ratings. Now we're going to get into a roundup of the rest of the round of sixteen matches, which have produced some some big shock results, um, some batterings, and yeah, it's been very exciting. So, bring it on. So the first game of the round of sixteen ties. Um, well, you predicted it as one of the what was going to be one of the tightest games. I thought it was of the the round of sixteen. Denmark absolutely slaughtered. Wales, like sheep. <laughs> like sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't as tight as uh, we both thought, but we both actually predicted uh, yeah, Denmark win. a Denmark win. I mean, Denmark have got really second wind in this tournament. They're G'd up. They're G'd up. Um, yeah, 
was my it was my comfort school in. Yeah. I think um there I'd one half chance in the first half but yeah. the VAR came on that just just won that easily. Yeah, Wales had a good opening ten minutes and then they were slaughtered for the rest of the game. Dolberg took his goals really nicely, especially the first goal. That was a really nice finish. I think that was on his weaker foot as well. That was a really good finish. The second one was just horrendous defending from I think Nico Williams and who gave it away and then Dolberg scored Smashed it in. scored his second, but that came after an injury to Connor Roberts, I suppose. And yeah, I think Wales have been unlucky with some refereeing decisions as well because that red that red card um, that was given. Harry Wilson, that w- I don't think that was a red card at all. No. And then that after that Ampadu one, the Wales have been har- harshly, uh, harshly, well, they've been hard done by, I guess, by some of the, the red card decisions. But I don't think that can mask up the awful performance. Yeah, Denmark deserved to go through. Paul, I think Paul was a little was, bit harsh. Yeah, a little bit harsh on them, but Denmark took the chances. Yeah, so uh, Denmark, one of my. Dark Horses, as I mention every week, as they keep winning, march on, and I think they should, they should, I, I think I'd fancy them to beat the Czech Republic, but the Czech have sprung a few surprises here and there, so you never know. Um, so that wraps up the first game, um, and the, in the second game later that night, we again thought this was going to be more of an open and shut case, we thought Italy were going to get through comfortably. Um, but Austria actually put up a, a real good fight. They had a goal, unfortunately, disallowed, which we, th- we thought might have been the winner near the end with Arnautovic's header, was it? Yeah, it was just offside, wasn't it? Yeah, and then went match went to extra time. It was actually an end-to-end game for the most of the 90. I think Austria, pro- you'd say they probably deserved it in the 90 to win. Yeah. And they were unlucky not to, but then Italy just quality shone through the end. yeah their substitutes did the business with Chiesa and then Casina putting two quick fire goals in and they would Austria would pull one back but it was just a bit bit too little too late but I think Austria can go out with their heads held high I think because maybe many people didn't expect them to get through that group stage and didn't expect them to put up any sort of fight against Italy I didn't I thought it was going to be very similar to the to the Netherlands performance that they gave us just gonna be a bit limp and harmless, but they gave it a real, real fight. Credit to Austria for Italy march on, and I'm sure I don't think Mancini will accept any more like sloppy performances like that. And I think I'm sure they'll be a lot better for the Belgium game. But onto the the first big shock of the tournament. With the Netherlands getting dumped out by the Czech Republic 2-0. Well, what do you have to say about that? Well, yeah, I mean, we both predicted last time round that this would be a, a, str- a walk in the park for the Netherlands. Yeah. But, yeah, Czech Republic really uh, put a kick in. And, you know, the Netherlands were a little bit under par, obviously, but, you know, more credit to the Czech Republic. Well, I'd say it was similar to the Italy-Austria game, really, and then there was just the big turning point in the game, and that was the, the delicked red card for that weird oh, handball scoop. Stumbling handball and the last yeah. one. And yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was fairly even until that happened, and then that sort of just swung it in, in, in the favour of the Czech Republic. But still, even with 10 men, I sort of expected the Netherlands to put up a bit of a better fight than that. They were a little bit anemic. I think when they go to like that 
10 men though I don't think their wing backs can be quite as effective going forward and I think that that will probably hold them back a bit um, but yeah the, the Netherlands all their group performance games they're very solid and they were against I, I would say teams of a similar calibre as the Czech Republic I'd say Austria and the Czech Republic were on the, on a similar level but Netherlands completely outplayed Austria but struggled against the Czechs and well they, who else they had they had North Macedonia and they beat them they also had Ukraine who have now gone further than mm-hmm. them exactly um, but yeah that, that was the first big shock of the tournament but um, it gets bigger um, well not in the next game really this was I don't it wasn't expected I said that I could see Belgium winning it I went for it at Portugal pretty early enough like 2 2 or something I believe I predicted um but Belgium won 1-0 against Portugal uh, after Torgan Hazard. I would say Belter, but after you're looking at the replays, the keeper should have saved it. Uh, it kind of... Yeah, it's not a sw- did it swerve at the last minute, but I think... He still has to save it. The goalie didn't move his foot quickly enough to make a, a decent attempt to get to it. But yeah, it was a good goal. It was his hard. And it was sort of a tight, it was a tightish game. Bit of an end-to-end one. Yeah. And then I think Portugal were really going for it at the end of the second half. They had a few chances, a few chances. I can remember a header that was saved by Courtois. Uh, Guerrero hit the post. Um, but for Belgium, I think, Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne are getting injured. That might be a problem when it comes to the Italy game, because... I don't think Lukaku c- can drag him through that much, to be honest. Yeah, but Torgan Hazard's playing pretty well. Eden might find a bit of form. He's injured. Oh, you just said he was injured, yeah. sorry. Um, I, I don't know. Was it a bad injury? I can't remember. I, don't think, I, um, I can't remember about Hazard. De Bruyne had to go off, but I think Hazard was like more of a post-match injury. But I think it said n- neither of them had trained today, which is the day before the first round of matches. Okay. So it looks more like they might come off the bench. But yeah, I, I'm a, I think... I, well, we'll get into predictions soon, but I fancy Italy for that one. Okay. Um, but into the big... Well, the best day of the Euros so far, I think that has to be said, and probably one of the best days of European football ever with... Well, we started off with Croatia versus Spain, which I said was a game that would have a lot of chances, but I didn't expect most of them to get taken, to be honest. I thought Spain would miss about 50 of them and score one goal. But Spain eventually did win 5-3 after extra time. Um, They did go 3-1 up, but then Croatia pulled it back 3-3, but just didn't have quite enough to to win the game in the end, or at least take it to penalties. For Spain... I think we've now failed in our prediction of flops of the tournament <laughs> because probably cause they're probably going to get to the semi-finals now. If you'd have said to me that Spain would get to the quarter-finals, I'd probably said, oh, well, that's, that's not bad. That's better than I would have expected. Yeah. So are they threatening to become overachievers of the tournament? No, I don't think. <laughs> no, I think yeah, you could put that on Ukraine or Denmark or Czech Republic or even Switzerland. So... Um, yeah, I mean, Spain have found their shooting boots, but I don't think, you know, Croatia's not the tightest defence they'll come up against. And in the previous game, they beat Slovakia 5-0. Yeah, 10 goals in two games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt in my 
a couple of prayers, but it was chance conversion that took this other thing in the first instance. But um, they get to play Switzerland in the in the quarters, so I expect this week this risk to be a little bit more organised. Yeah. Back then, uh, Certainly not Croatia. underestimate them now. No, they won't. See what happens. No, no, they probably will get a flat now. But yeah, um, Spain's pre- be- best performance I can think of. Uh, Pedri is a youngster for Barcelona. He was very good. Ferran Torres was very good as well. Um, Spain's defence is a little bit leaky though. Now, seeing conceding three goals against Croatia is a little bit worrying because against England they were terrible going forward. To be honest, against Scotland they were a bit better. Um, but yeah, Spain will face Switzerland, and yeah, they're not going to underestimate this risk after what happened. Switzerland getting through against France on penalties after Kylian Mbappe missed the decisive spot kick, which just about summed up a terrible performance from Mbappe. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> I think as we previewed this match uh, in the last episode. Um, I thought that they would target Mbappe with long balls over the top to try to outrun the the Swiss defence, and they sort of tried that throughout the game, but it didn't really come off. And you know, it was a bit of a ding dong battle. Eventually, France were like three one up with about I want to say ten minutes to go. Yeah, it was the, there was the missed penalty for Switzerland, and then France dropped yeah. the game on its head. Exactly. Then they went three one up. Thought they were cruising. And, and Pogba did his stupid little dance, which came back to bite him because he gave the ball away for the equaliser. <laughs> which was a very good goal, actually. All of the goals were pretty good, and I think, despite Pogba giving the ball away and doing his little t- terrible dance, him and Benzema have actually been very good for France the whole tournament. Benzema's been their main goal scorer, Pogba's been their main creative threat and I think they'll they'll feel a little bit hard done by. Yeah but they did take at 3-1 up, they did take three points did, off yeah. so I think they thought oh well we've got this in the bag, we'll shut up shop a bit and then that sort of came back to bite them because they didn't really offer anything in the in, in uh, extra time Yeah. and then yeah the penalties I mean <laughs> You know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but it actually genuinely said Mbappe will be taking the fifth penalty and he's going to miss this. It, it might be a, is it almost arrogance wanting to take the glory because the fifth one's a, a, a I don't know. You might hope that it's finished by then. But it, well, it can't be. Well, okay, that no, you'd be, you'd be very optimistic if it was finished by then. You'd have to be very lucky, or the opposition would have to be very awful. Well, they have to miss two pens. <laughs> it doesn't ha- it doesn't happen very often. It usually gets to the fifth. I don't know. Use there's a school of thought that you put your best penalty takers on first to put the pressure on the opposition because then yeah. they're more likely to miss. But you know, <laughs> the the Swiss d- just took some good penalties. No, so actually most of actually no, there was one Loris definitely should have saved actually. Got a hand and France's penalties were actually very good, except the well, and the Mbappe one wasn't the worst penalty. It was that. Just kind of that nice height for Sonner, that yeah. kind of mid height, yeah. where it's perfect for the goalkeeper to save. But as I said, France's defence was leaky. I, I said I didn't rate the France defence before <laughs> the tournament, and uh, yeah, conceding three goals against Switzerland is uh, not the best thing. I mean, and after the after the match was when you saw all sorts of inquisitions into the French team. The hotel wasn't good enough. Really, that yeah, was a yeah, thing. The hotel. Well, you know the British press and whatnot mm. out there. 
and then Benzema's uh, inclusion has obviously stabilised the squad and this that and the other but honestly I just think it's a bit of you know they're looking for someone to blame and actually as a team they didn't play particularly well on the night and the Swiss I've got to say sort of deserved it they also switched to a five at the back on the bench to make up for their their injuries, which they they were they, they were actually hard done by by injuries. I almost felt bad for the, the French with the with the amount of injuries they suffered, especially to their left backs. You had Lucas Hernandez injured, and his replacement who I can't quite remember who who came on uh, was injured. They had a lot of injuries, is basically what I'm saying. Um, and then was it Coleman had to come off? He yeah. got injured as well. They had a lot of injuries up front, and I almost felt bad for them. Almost being the key word because it's funny to see France go home, um, and th- at that point I was almost just happy to see France go home because I was almost half expecting England to go home the next day. <laughs> so I was like, may as well enjoy the tournament now while while, while it lasts. Well, can, yeah. um, but that that some that finished off uh, one of the best days of European football many have said ever before. Um, would you agree? Yeah. It was definitely exciting. Exciting for sure, but you know my memory's not as good as it was. I'm sure there have been uh, European European Championships before where there've been good days of football that I don't miss. But yeah, in fourteen goals in two games. Yeah, but I think there can be a lot of go- goals in games where they're not be particularly good games. I think that yeah, I think they were some goals. Yeah, they were some good games. They were good games and, for and sure. And it was like three one to pull it back to three three, and then one game went one way, the other one went the other. So yeah. similar yet different. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but in the final game, um, Ukraine scored a last last equalizer, not even equalizer, winner against Sweden at the end of extra time, right at the end actually. Yeah. Um, in the game that decided who would face England in the quarter final, um, from that game, it was basically you know, it was what Zinchenko masterclass. Got a goal and an assist. Yeah, um, and he's been the well, he's the actually the only player except. Well, actually, I, I say he's the only player that I really recognise for the Czech Republic. But they've actually Czech Republic. <laughs> what am the I Ukraine. on about? The Ukraine, but they've got Yaremchuk. They've got Yamalenko. They've got they've got some he's good been players. Played about three games for West Ham in the last four seasons. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's been um, outshone a little. Favoured underused, Und- perhaps. Maybe, um, but yeah, Sweden hit the post a few times, but U- then Ukraine hit the bar, I think, yeah. once as well. It was a bit of a ding dong match, and it was quite evenly. And it was balanced. another game maybe decided by the red card. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of controversy about apparently about that red card. I didn't really see it. I thought it was definitely a red card. Well, it's one. It's one of those where he's challenging. He gets the ball. He's got studs up, and it sort of went onto the side of his knee, and his knee bent at a funny angle. And when you look at that in slow mo, it's dangerous it looks and really it's bad. And I think now the rules have taken or the law uh, on dangerous players taken out the word intent. So it's actually any act, any action by any player that endangers another player, whether it be reckless, yeah. excessive force. So by going studs up into the challenge, even if you get the ball, and even if the opposition guy is actually running onto your foot, which it sort of was, uh, yeah, it's, that's the red card. I don't think I'd, I don't think the ref had much of a, a choice with that. I don't know whether they'll revisit those. Uh, 
I don't think because at the end of the day it's all about player safety and if you can eradicate or make those types of challenges less frequent it's better for the game yeah I thought I thought the Sweden were going to get it to penalties but there's just (laughs) right at the end Um, but yeah that is our summary of the of the games in the round of 16 uh, now it's time for the predictions let's start off with a very exciting one belgium italy so what do you think is going to happen in that one dad well i think it's going to be a tight game and I, i'm sort of loathe to predict tight games after predicting uh denmark wales tight match <laughs> <laughs> from the round of 16 but yeah Belgium and Italy both have the ability to score goals. They've got lots of firepower up front. And both perhaps not as good defences as um, you would like. But I think it's going to be a cagey one. I think when teams get into the quarterfinals, they must inevitably have their minds on getting to the semi and getting to the final. So I think it'll be a cagey one. And I'm going to go for... 2-1 to Belgium ok well I think you're being a little bit harsh on the Italy defence because that goal against Austria was the first goal they've conceded in the whole tournament and obviously in England they've, they've had the best defence I think they can be got at though I think yeah I think they can I think the fact that Chiellini is out for them still I think that might have something to do with it but for me I think if Belgium can survive the first half against Italy how as a lot of teams have, um, I think maybe in the second half they've got the potential to nick it because you're not going to have De Bruyne or Hazard, even Hazard, on in the first half because they're injured and might not be able to start. So I think if Belgium get past that first half without like the score still nil nil, and then they can get De Bruyne or whoever on, maybe they can nick it. But other than that, I, th- I would favour Italy because Belgium are lacking some of their star players. And whilst Jordan Hazard is playing well, I'm not sure if him and Lukaku alone can really drag Belgium through it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go for a 1-0 Italy win. Quite boring, but from what I've seen, Belgium nicked a 1-0 against Portugal. Italy nicked a 2-1 against Austria. I don't see that many goals. And knowing I've just said that, it's going to be another 5-3. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'll go for a an Italy win because I did predict Italy to win the whole tournament right at the start so I may as well back that as well okay um, you, pre- you predicted Belgium as well is that or was that just because you yeah, predicted Lukaku as I your top scorer yeah but Belgium are my favourites it's one of the as I said at the beginning it's their sort of it's their last chance the last chance saloon for them before some of their star players I think, I think the next World Cup maybe yeah possibly um, but on to the other game in that same day, actually being played uh, before this game, uh, is the Switzerland-Spain game, which on paper um, might look more comfortable for one team um, than the other, but in the context of what's happened recently, especially that Switzerland-France game, um, what are you going to go for? Well, I think this is probably like the, the toughest prediction of the round ends up 5-0 Spain <laughs> yeah I mean I think yeah Switzerland are a lot better defensively and they're a lot stronger player against Bulgaria so far they'll be G'd up by the win over France that, yeah. could, that could go either way they could think well we've beaten France 
Spain next up. Um, Spain beat Croatia and will they go into this game with a lot of confidence? I'm not sure whether they will. So oof, I hope it's a, it's a tough call. I'd, I'd really like Switzerland to get through, but I just can't really see past Spain. So I'm going to go 2-0 for Spain. Okay. I'm going to be a bit more exciting. <laughs> I'm going to say Spain are going to go... No, Switzerland are going to go 1-0 no up. Then it's going to go 2-1 Spain. Then it's going to go 2-2 for extra time. <laughs> and then it's going to go to penalties. And Switzerland are going to win on penalties. Okay. Again. I don't... Yeah, with this game, um, there's not really one team at a disadvantage because they both had to play extra time. Yeah. They'll both be as fatigued or not fatigued, rather, however they feel, but should be even enough. Um, as much as Switzerland, you say, are sound defensively, they've shipped three goals against France, they've shipped three goals against Italy in the group stage, conceded against Turkey, the worst team in the tournament. Um, so <laughs> I'm not sure that, that's why I've gone for a little bit, bit more of a high scoring draw okay. but I can see Spain just dominating possession and just giving Switzerland very little so I can maybe see Switzerland only getting one goal here and there maybe I can see a 2-1 Spain easily but just to be exciting I'm going to go 2-2 and I want Switzerland to win on penalties because okay. that spices it up a little bit <laughs> and on to the big one Oh yeah, that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That's the one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's that is on earlier as well. That's yeah. the final draw from Saturday. Uh, Czech Republic, Denmark. What what are you gonna go for on that one? Um, I'm gonna go for Denmark. I think they've got wind in their sails. Um, and yeah, every sort of everyone's behind them. I don't. Want, are they everybody else's second team? Are those teams that are knocked out? Are they favouring Denmark now? They possibly are can't underestimate the the boost that they receive uh, in support from uh, Christian Eriksen's um, tragic accident incident um, but actually everyone's saying that about football in turn so uh, yeah I'm going to go for Denmark 2-1 yeah I'm going to go 3-1 Denmark I think the Czech Republic will still put up a bit of a fight I can see it going 1-1 one, one, and then Denmark just pulling away towards the end but I think this is one that there's a there's a chance of Czech Republic turn up like they could easily win I think this one is a bit of a bit of a coin flip as well I, I think most would fancy Denmark but I, I think they also wouldn't discount the Czech Republic if you knock out Netherlands it's, it's, it's similar to the Switzerland one you'd expect Spain to win but after you knock out the world champions you never know what could happen um, I'd probably rather England played Czech Republic, to be honest, in in the next yeah. round. Yeah, because I think the the, sta the Scandinavian teams have, and I would only say an English style, but they're more more in that mould. And uh, the Czech Republic. Well, I just said the Czech Republic because we've already beaten them. Well, <laughs> there is that, but since we beat them, they've actually had some pretty good results. Yeah. So. Um, well, they've won. Beating the Netherlands, and I, di I did say they might get a bit more g'd up for that round of 16 game because they were already through against England, so yeah. might have had a bit more motivation. Um, what am I? I I'm yeah, I've already gone 3 1 Denmark, but 
I won't be checked if I get through him. Uh, obviously, now uh, the big one, and I'm predicting. Well, you see, Ukraine are my underdog team as well, so it's that very tough choice of who I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I'm kidding. Obviously, uh, I'm gonna. I want England to win. I think Ukraine have already, have already surpassed everyone's expectations and have successfully become one of my dark horse teams. Well, both of mine have been done. Yeah, been yeah, very yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yours, yours are more outside than mine, I'd say. I think if North Macedonia got out of the groups, that would have been that would have been an achievement for them. Yeah. Um, but what are you going to go for in the England Ukraine game? I'm going to go for three one to England. England to concede. Yes, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, big shock. Um, Zinchenko, Yarmolenko. Zinchenko, Sampadia. Used to play in the Premier League. Rocket of a left foot shot. That was a good finish. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think I think they will. And sort of, we haven't had we haven't not from recollection come across. We haven't played against a team that likes to fire in those sort of crosses from the wing. Czech Republic tried, and they looked dangerous from set pieces at times. Yeah, exactly. I think Ukraine will will try to exploit that a little bit more, and it'll be obviously reliant on um, Stones and Maguire probably at the back. They're well capable. <laughs> I can't really see past England, but I don't want this to be um, not German at them last time. That, that would be and awful. Then Go out to Ukraine, a la Iceland, last time round. So, you know, I've got my optimistic hat on at the moment. So, yeah, 3-1 to England. To be honest, I just can't see England scoring three goals. But I also can't see England conceding at the moment. So I'm just gonna, I, I, Even though I think it's going to be 1-0, I'm going to go 2-0 just to be a bit... You know, maybe maybe England are beating Germany 2-0. They've seen, wow, we can score more than one goal. We might score on two again to, <laughs> to really excite us. Um, but it probably won't be the most exciting of games, as most England games are um, recently. But, yeah, hopefully England win. Should set up a... I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a semi-final with the Czech Republic again because it's familiar with playing against them. Um, but it might be Denmark, and I think Denmark would actually be a quite a tough game. But those are our predictions for the last day of Euro 2020, or 2021, however you'd like to put it. Um, join us next time after England make the semi-finals. Now I've jinxed it, now it's not happening. And I'll, and yeah, and I'll be here crying if we don't. Um, but that wraps it up. Um, England beat Germany, which was a fantastic result. We're absolutely buzzing, and we hope to be buzzing again after Saturday. Um, but yeah, that that is the end of this episode, and uh, we hope to see you next time. Goodbye. See ya.